Hey everyone out there, how's it going? Welcome to ScreenSpeak. It's the podcast that's all about movies, life, and so much more. My name is Jordan Anderson, this is my podcast, and I want to thank you all for coming by and giving it a listen. If this is your first time here, well, welcome to ScreenSpeak. Don't make me say the introduction again. You can just rewind it 10 seconds and, and then you can hear it. Uh, but, but welcome. Welcome. I'm happy to have you here. Pardon the sarcasm. It's just the mood that I'm in right now. Uh, if you have been here before and you haven't done this, go ahead and do so. Hit that follow button. Hit the bell. Uh, download episodes if you want to for offline usage. Maybe you have like a long airplane flight for all I know. I, and actually, I don't think that's how anybody says that airplane flight. Yeah, yeah, one of my five. You have a long flight perhaps ahead of you and you would like to listen to my pleasant voice while you're at 30,000 feet above uh, the earth, whatever, right? Want to do that? You can listen to ScreenSpeak and download episodes and check that out. Otherwise, Social media, Instagram, Facebook, that's where this podcast lives right now, so you're welcome to check that out. Content gets posted there. People tend to chat. It's what social media is kind of all about. So go ahead and get involved with ScreenSpeak on that, or just mainly hit the follow button. That would probably be the biggest ask that I would have of you at this point. So please, please go ahead and do that, and you're going to forever... Forever, eternally be in my good graces. It, it, like, even when I'm dead, I'm still going to know that you you hit that follow button, like, beyond the grave, or or I'll haunt you, or something. Actually, that sounds like a threat when I say it like that. So, I promise. You know what? Even if you don't follow, and I die, and, and I don't have the eternal uh, gratitude, or whatever it is I'm trying to say, I, I think the, the joke that stemmed in my head from this is now spiraled out of control, and now it's it's... It's off the deep end, so I, I think I'm just going to move on past that and get into the episode, okay? So in this episode, I talk with Jake Daniels and Michael Huntington, both Iowa filmmakers that were in attendance at the 2023 Cedar Rapids Independent Film Festival that pretty much I just hit it off with at the festival, and I just decided on the spot, I was like, you know what? Both these guys, I know one of them has a movie that's in the festival, the the other does not, but I don't really care. I just really like talking with both of them. And so I spontaneously asked them, hey, I want to record a conversation with you. Let's go ahead and do it and just see where it goes. And I'm really glad that I did that. We, of course, talk about movies, but most of the conversation was actually spent talking about the experience of attending film festivals, as well as what they both have coming up in terms of their own projects, uh, work, film initiatives, etc. And just a comment for a moment about their thoughts on experiencing festivals. I really, really sincerely loved hearing their perspectives about the film festival experience from a filmmaker and audience uh, level on a festival. I really think that this episode is a great one for anyone to listen to that has either a passive or maybe even serious interest into the world of film festivals because Jake and Michael break it down so clearly with their personal insights, and they share the benefits that you can take away by attending and also supporting film festivals. So I just feel like on that front alone on the conversation, I actually learned a lot by talking to them. And they also shared a great deal about other film festivals that are in the state of Iowa, some of which I was familiar with and some that I was not. So again, if you have an interest in film festivals, specifically Iowa ones for that matter, Listen to that portion of the conversation, if nothing else, because you're going to get a lot out of it. Regarding the two of them, they do have a few things going on that I promised the both of them I would plug into the podcast, and I'm definitely excited to do so because it's really cool stuff. So first, starting with Jake Daniels, 
Uh, not Jack Daniels. I'm sure he probably gets that joke all the time. I, I don't think I make it to him in this conversation, but still, it, it's a cool name. Jake Daniels, whatever. You're associated with the booze, whiskey. There are worse things to be associated with. <laughs> uh, but, okay, getting serious here. So, Jake is actively working on starting a film studio here in Iowa. It's called Mediaverse Studios. Uh, I would consider this to be a pretty big undertaking for anybody to do, starting a film studio, let alone here in Iowa. But I can tell you after meeting with him and talking with him in this conversation and beyond that the guy has drive, he has talent, and he has a network of people that he already has, but he's also building it out even further in order to make this vision of his happen. And so that's one of the things that we talk about in this episode is the nature of this studio. Where Where is it going to be located at? What are the logistics of putting it together? What does he need in order to make this happen? We talk about all of that. So if anyone is looking to learn more about Mediaverse Studios or Jake Daniels for that matter, go ahead and check out all the description content in this episode. I have information on Jake himself if you want to talk to him. I have information on his upcoming studio, Mediaverse Studios. So definitely, definitely check that out. I'm sure he'll be thrilled if you do. And, you know, when you're there, if you do reach out to him, say that you heard it from ScreenSpeak, and that'll probably be even better. Um, also, Mediaverse Studios does have a YouTube channel that is up already, and I'm told soon that it will be releasing an entire video tour of the studio. So when it does drop, go ahead and follow him on his YouTube channel on there so that when that tour video drops, you can see firsthand what it looks like. And, and maybe you yourself have a project if you're here in Iowa and you can maybe get involved with him on that level. Um, that would be amazing for him and also just amazing for Iowa film for that matter. So definitely check that out. Um, I think myself, I'm likely almost definitely going to be paying a visit at some point this year, I would like to say, to the, the studio. So Jake, if you're listening, hit me up on that. I definitely want to come and check out the studio when it's at a level that you feel comfortable having visitors come and pay a visit, uh, just hang out, etc. I'm definitely down for that, and I would love to cover that more once it takes shape. So let me know. Uh, as far as the second gentleman that I have on here, his name is Michael Huntington. So Mike has started a film production company called Sintry Films, and that's spelled C-I-N-T-R-E-E, -E, Sintry Films. All the information on that is, of course, in the description for this episode, and we also talk about it in the podcast as well. Michael is also involved with Jake in getting Mediaverse Studios off the ground. So likewise, if anyone that's listening wants to learn more, they want to support it, whether it's just through, hey, attaboy, keep doing it, or they want to actually throw their wallet at it and include some financial support, which who's not going to turn, you know, who's going to turn down money? That's what I'm trying to say. Money makes these things happen. Okay. I, I, like no one likes to say the word money, 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 money. I'm saying it. It has to happen. Not saying that they're out there shaking their tin cups to try to get that money. I, I think they're going to go about it in more strategic ways. But still, uh, crowdfunding is absolutely a real thing. And if they do decide to take that approach for this, which I don't know if they're doing or not, um, they would love to, I'm sure, have your support in any way that you're able to provide it. So please, let's, let's go ahead and support our local filmmakers, support people that have a passion for doing this stuff, like myself for that matter. Uh, and let's just make this stuff happen and make the best content possible. That's what we're all about, right? All right. I got nothing else to say on this introduction, so let's just get into it. Enjoy my conversation with Jake Daniels and Michael Huntington. 
there's no no real pressure on that but appreciate you both coming on here and i actually had you both on because uh i saw that there is a tattoo yes there's a tattoo and I, I think you should tell people about that yeah so we have a tattoo uh we all have them on different locations mine's on my forearm jake's has his on the back of his arm but it says uh we love making movies and uh we actually shot like a whole like mini documentary about why we got it but Really, it's just a thing that we say on set when uh, times get tough because uh, we all love making films, but making films is probably one of the worst things to do because you get stressed, um, you, you don't sleep, it's not a lot of fun. Um, but when we're having one of the hard days, we all take a minute and we say we love making movies because it just reminds us um, why we're here in the first place. Yeah. And that's just because we love making movies. And um, it's just something we've been saying for the last know, a couple of years. Yep. And uh, I think Damien, which Damien Alamance, you know, he's like one of our best friends in this whole thing. Uh, I think it was his idea that we should do it. It was sort of a joke at first, but he found a tattoo artist and we were like, do we want to do this? And so we did it. <laughs> now I should probably, for the record, clarify your guys' names, sure. who you are, you know, what you're doing, that whole thing. So people are like, who the hell are these guys? Sure. Well, so uh, I'm Michael Huntington. Uh, I'm a filmmaker from Coralville. Uh, grew up in Keokuk, but I am a uh, director of photography. I'm also a video editor, sound designer. Sort of do all yeah, the Swiss, Swiss Army man for, for movies. That's what I like to be. <laughs> yeah. uh, my name is Jake Daniels. I'm currently living in Walker, Iowa, but soon to be moving to Amana. Ooh, well, uh, well why the move to Amana? Uh, so I'm going to be uh, starting a kind of a studio, we can get into this in a little bit, but started sure. a studio business in Marengo. Um, I work in Cedar Rapids, so Amanda's is kind of like the good middle ground between the two cities. Nice, yeah. nice, very, very cool. And how'd you guys, how'd you guys meet? Because obviously, you know, we talked about the tattoo, but you guys must have met before that. Yeah, so um, I also used to have a podcast. I hosted it with Dylan Yeager. Uh, it was called Indie Social, and it was essentially a podcast where filmmakers would come on that were local, and we would talk about the film, try to promote them, and uh, Jake stumbled upon one of the live streams and was sort of a listener to the show. Yeah, as uh, a fanboy. He, he was a fanboy. Uh, we needed help on a set for one of our Christmas films that we do every year and uh, I know that Jake sort of dabbles in sound so I just messaged him and I talked to him over the phone and I was like hey you want to do sound on my film and then he came and we hung out and then uh, from there we just <laughs> fell in love I had never done sound before your film yeah, by so the way. lied to me <laughs> I was just like yeah I can I know how to Hold a boom pole. I can even I record that. What's is, a that is that like the general gist of it? Like you know, like you're you're just recording the actor's audio, or I mean, like how how specific do you get for it? It, it, it depends with who you work <laughs> with. Um, we also know this really good. Uh, sound mixer, boom operator. His name's Kevin Thorne. And when you work with him, it's like every actor has a lav. Um, he's also boom operating the whole time. And like his setup is unbelievably fancy. Mm -hmm. um, for us, it was just a shotgun microphone on a yeah. monopod and just a zoom recorder and hitting record. So yeah. it's really however you can get audio in the best way you can. And for us, the least expensive way. So like our setup yeah. was very not uh, the ideal way, I would say. We've gotten better. But oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like that's sort of, I mean, just overall the spirit of independent filmmakers is, you know, money, hmm, no, we don't have it. Yeah. Time, eh, probably not. <laughs> uh, do we have everything we want? No, not really. But all that said, 
fuck it, you're trying to, you know, execute your vision and yep. you get creative in those constraints. Yeah, and I think you can't use excuses to why you can't make a film. Like, if you don't yeah. have a camera, <clears throat> use your phone. And like, like, since we don't have the greatest sound setup, that shouldn't be a reason why we're not making a movie. We'll figure it out and do the best we can with what we have. So, yeah. there's no excuses when it comes to making films and we're just going to do it. It doesn't matter the gear, it's going to happen and we're going to do the best we can. Well, a lot of it is just story-driven, too. We just yeah. want to tell the story yeah. however we can. So, yeah, like gear, personnel, time, locations. Like, even if we don't have it, we're going to figure out a way to tell the story. We, yeah. We're all good at problem-solving. We're all good at being adaptable. And so that's, you know, that's how we've gotten as far as we have. What kinds of stories do you both tend to gravitate towards? Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of tough. Um... I, I really love coming of age movies, but mm. I haven't really yet to make. I haven't made one of those yet. Um, I think a lot of people in filmmaking on an independent level like to go to the horror route of things. I'm completely yeah. on the opposite end of that. I hate <coughs> horror films, so we tend to make. I don't. I don't know. Almost everything, man. Like almost mm -hmm. every genre there is, we yeah. are trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. I think really, if it's a good story, we're going to make it. Whether it's a thriller or a horror film, yeah. Um, it's just what wherever, like whatever we're attracted to, we're yeah. going to make it. So, I think for a lot of my stories, I just kind of have this running theme of like people are deeper or not what they seem, you know. Mm. Um, and so I'm doing one right now that's kind of genre bending because I wrote the same script three different ways. So there's going to be an action, a comedy, and a drama. Okay. But it's all the same setting. It's all roughly the same story, just going to be told, you know, in a different genre. Mm -hmm. um, but the there's like, there's always some kind of twist or there's a, some kind of... Uh, the person just isn't what they seem or who they seem. And so there's, okay. there's always going to be this like look deeper than what you're seeing kind of motivation I don't know yeah no I, I mean I, I think uh, you know the movies that I tend to gravitate towards just you know broadly speaking that is um, certainly ones that make me feel something and whether that's like oh I'm just you know really emotionally like caught up in these characters trials and tribulations and I'm feeling for them or uh, the ones where you're like well, shit this is making me really think like my own life and you know those ones that hit kind of heavy uh, but then I also just purely like the escapist aspect of it too, you yeah. know, like if I watch a big ass movie like, you know, Avatar, um, yep. like, fuck it, let's, let's go to the blue people, uh, I, I'll connect those ponytails and, and just, you know, fly around and this is just purely fun. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I don't know movies, movies just have a lot of different effects like that, but the, I do think the ones I tend to lean in towards the most are the ones that kind of, as you say, reveal more than what's kind of on the surface. Yeah, um, absolutely. A lot of people are... Um, actually, a movie I talked about recently with somebody that was at this festival was the Adam Sandler movie, uh, Rain Over Me. Uh, I feel like that movie never gets attention or love. I've literally have never heard of it. It's Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler from 2007 with Don Cheadle. Uh, it's written and directed by Mike Binder, who's he's a he's a, co a comedian, honestly, at his core. No way. It's heavy subject matter because he's uh, Sandler's character is a 9/11 widower. Uh, so wow. not what you expect from you know the the, the Adam's the, the Sandman shtick. Yeah. Um, but I, I bring up that movie because uh, it's a perfect example where there's a person, Sandler's character, who loses his whole family to this plane crash, and he's basically rolling around New York, 
isolated and alone in a huge city, you know, mm-hmm. where there's you're seemingly never alone, but you are because mm-hmm. there's so many people. Mm-hmm. And basically, he's going through this horrific, terrible struggle, and basically, he thinks nobody gives a shit and right. knows. And then ultimately, Don Shield's character stumbles across him. They used to be roommates in college, and they reconnect and, and bond. Um, it's a great story on friendship, but just that's a movie again that sticks to me because of those themes that I just said where it's just you would ordinarily like you could look at anybody walking along the sidewalk and just be like eh, fuck them like who are they yeah. but they have a story to tell yeah. does that make sense that's, that's so cra- crazy man I love Adam Sandler with every Check fiber of my being yeah I've never heard of it dude yeah. I've like watched damn near that, every that movie hits deep yeah. it's got actually a great soundtrack too you, you guys both this, this is like the dumbest question you guys like music I love music <laughs> no I, I don't tend to listen to a lot of like movie soundtracks though but really yeah no I, sure. I think i need to i, I really loved um god what was it that had like a killer soundtrack man i guess it wasn't a movie but it was uh it was the tv show euphoria like i listened to that i've soundtrack. never seen that show oh my god they got i got amazing it's amazing music so good tv shows are a bit of a struggle for me guys because really? well yeah because there's so many of them yeah yeah and that's an investment. You, usually, like, so let's let's say like Euphoria, like mm-hmm. that show. Now, do you know what season it's in right now? It's like three two, or something. Two or three. Yeah. Two or three. Three. Yeah. Now, a lot of the times, I feel like I run into this problem where someone's telling me this great show, and it's like I'm in. Mm-hmm. Like you, you got me. Like yeah. this concept, like Zendaya. Forget about it. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why I said like forget about it, like <laughs> the Italian guys. Um, <laughs> Damon appreciates it. Yeah. But. But then, when I hear the seasons, I'm like, okay, shit, so like two, three seasons, how many episodes? They're like, oh, it's, it's okay, it's just 20. And they're like, yeah. 45 minutes each, and I'm just like, nah, shit. Because if I can catch it early enough, that's kind of the key. But then if it's like already in its like fifth season, I'm like, screw it, I'll just wait till the series is done and, and just figure it out. Because I, I don't got time to sure. sit around for hours and watch something in a movie. You know, two hours, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm like on the complete opposite, man. Like, yeah. recently this year, I've been enjoying TV shows so much more than movies. So much so that, like... I mean, I think the quality I'll, is much higher than it ever has been before. Yeah. Well, yeah. then it's just like... Dude, I always tell people this. Like, Apple TV has the best TV shows to have ever been made. Like, Apple does not miss, dude. Like, Ted Lasso, Severance, um, The Morning Show. Like, all these are great TV shows. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's made me fall in love with TV. That, and I've never have. Like, it's always been movies first, TV, yeah, yeah. maybe. But, like, I don't know, man. There's something to watch in TV shows. And I think it's because, like, I'm also a very busy person. But a lot of the shows tend to be yeah. 45 minutes. And I'm like, all right, I'll watch one in the morning. Yeah. I'll do my stuff. And then I'll come back, watch another one. So That's I don't fair. try to give too much time to yeah. it. And then when you watch a movie, they tend to be an hour and a half, two hours. And I'm just like, I get too antsy. Yeah. So I know, I've been really loving TV shows. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. What, are, what about, I was going to say, what about you? You got some shows? You, you I just like? nothing I'm currently watching. Um... I can't think of any shows I'm watching. I just watch a lot of movies when I have time to, um, but it's just kind of anything and everything that it you know crosses my mind. About, I thought you were gonna say everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, for, I saw for that. Second. I love that movie. <laughs> have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Because uh, people are mixed. They either love it or they don't, you know. Yeah, vibe so, with so uh, much. Daniels as filmmakers, like, they are, well, I mean, they're not conventional in the slightest. Sure. Uh, I love their style, though. They yeah. are they're ballsy, they're yeah. very, yeah. very original. Um, I, I'll get to the, the answer of your question, but I'll just give shout out to them. 
it's cool saying how much notoriety and praise that and all the academic acclaim they got because I first got turned on to them from the Swiss Army Man movie, mm-hmm. yes. and you know I didn't like I knew like they did like Little John's music video and they had done some yeah. shit mm-hmm. and like that's cool, but mm-hmm. you know filmmaking wise I I got turned on to them from that. I'm like this is such a weird fucked up movie but not like in a so weird it's gonna turn people off kind of way it's like yeah. if you can kind of buy into what its premise is like you'll you'll have a good time I love that um, the last line of that movie is what the fuck mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> like, the whole so movie's great. basically been love what the fuck dude the whole thing man um, but I loved every I loved everything everywhere all at once yeah. um, it I need to watch it again because I've only seen it once I, I own the the 4k of it because nice. I'm, I'm still one of those physical media people so yeah. all day every day Absolutely, collect man. the movie streaming fuck it when I'm done with it it fades into the abyss and yeah. I, I don't like that I gotta have it on the shelf so our, uh, our good friend over there actually Kevin Shepard he is cataloging all of his DVDs that he has and he's Hell like yeah. over 3,000 wow over 3,000 DVDs I thought you were gonna say it's over 9,000 for, <laughs> well, for a second yeah, Sorry. he's not that good yet man <laughs> terrible but, going back to everything ever real quick have yeah. you seen there's this movie that's like a, a fellow like precursor to everything everywhere. It's mm. like it's like an addendum or something. It's called I Heart Huckabees. By the Daniels? It's not by Daniels. No, that's no, it's just like a spiritual um, like precursor. You to know, it. I Heart Huckabees. That's blah, 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 David O. Russell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty and sure. It's got, uh, oh, Dustin Hoffman and isn't like Jake uh, Gyllenhaal in it? Or no, no, Mark uh, Wahlberg. Jude he's, Law. Yeah, Jude Law, Mark Wahlberg. It's got a big cast. It's got an awesome cast, and it's like if everything everywhere was made. In the 2000s. It could have been that 2000s, movie. Early really? ads, yeah. It's just like this I've not seen that. weird, existential, like, hmm. just psychotic movie. It's so funny. Oh, Jesus. I, I just remember, I remember if you I'll liked everything up. everywhere, you would like that. No, I would definitely check that out, for sure. We uh, we had, we had went to the theater to see everything everywhere all at once together. Ooh. And um, I just remember walking away from the theater, man, being so blown away. Yeah. You know, it's like one of the most original things I've ever watched. And, uh, yeah, I watched it again with my mom. She loved it. I didn't wow. think she would. Um, and I, I recommend it to anyone, dude. We I'm had, so happy it won at the Oscars. We hadn't known each other very long. I no. just helped you on the Christmas film. And you're like, hey, do you want to go see a movie? I'm like, yeah, and it's everything everywhere. We're sitting <laughs> next to each other just crying. Mm-hmm. It was so good, man. So I think good. The, the, the moment in that movie where I think it kind of, if I were to like put a phrase to it, where like, it's just flexing the most and it has like, it knows how confident it is in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The moment with the rocks. Yeah, because you know a filmmaker has is able to hold you when you can literally have a scene where it's like you have just two rocks and just text fucking the Dude, wind I, going around I a whole and short and, film about it and it, know? and it goes and you're just like I can't believe I'm actually invested in this scene right now yeah like, like that's very like emotionally invested like Dude. yeah yeah it's I, heavy I remember watching that and I was like I cannot believe these guys are doing this right now and it worked like 100% it's one of my favorite scenes in the film man also a nice uh, even like totally like it's, it's a hard movie to describe to somebody if you're yeah, no way. I mean you could say like it's a multiverse movie but it's a hell of a lot more so than much that more, man. Um, I think <laughs> the thing I would tell to someone if they're gonna like watch it is I'd be like oh well you know the mother daughter story you know there's a there's definitely a family story there's an immigrant story there's science fiction uh, you got Kihi Kwan being badass yeah. um, but at the same time in all these great stuff you also have guards flipping in the butt plugs mm-hmm. so <laughs> in sausage the, fingers they're just yeah like just absolutely that's absurd yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would love to just read the script to it you know and see like yeah. what yeah. was in there what wasn't like how did or just even talk to like the DP and figure out how the hell are you going to shoot yeah. well and the fact that they had what a team of six visual yes. effects artists 
that's just insane to me, man. And I think yeah. that's why we love them so much because they're scrappy. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. they came from doing independent music videos and got this amazing career, but it didn't. It didn't just happen. Like you can no. see their progress online, and that the fact that they still work together and they went on to make this Oscar-winning film and have Jamie Lee Curtis right. and yeah, Key Kwan, like his whole comeback into Hollywood. Yeah, you know, oh, it's yeah. been so cool, man. Well, I, I talked. I, I talked with my wife actually about it, and uh, weirdly enough, it was our most recent uh, episode. She sometimes comes on my podcast, so right. she's not like a co-host, but sure. she's been she's been like four or five episodes. Sure. Uh, sure. We we watched the Nike movie uh, Air. Oh, um, oh my god! But for some watch reason. That. We got caught up in talking about release dates uh, and sort of like the, the cliche model of when movies get released and how it was remarkable for a movie like Everything Everywhere All at Once because uh, I think that came out in like February, yeah, February yeah, or March, 21. and that's very yeah. like early in the year. Well, typically, I mean, it's like you know, we we know the cliches. January is like the dumping ground for mm-hmm. the shitty horror films and mm-hmm. movies that nobody's going to see. Mm-hmm. February, rom coms and that yep. kind of shit. But the 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 streaming model and just kind of everything that's happened since the pandemic you're getting a lot higher quality films to come out much earlier in the year but yeah. just the simple fact that that movie that is released in February is still like made it through the entire year oh, yeah. and was like it hit still like yep. it like people felt its impact just as much as when it released and mm-hmm. it carried that momentum through the year like yep. that's well then it that's got an achievement yeah oh it did yeah I think that yeah they did I didn't that. know yeah well, dude, and like I, I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure, but was the budget like only five million or something like I that, know, or was it bigger? They shot it in like a single. I location. definitely know it wasn't very, not very much. It's like they shot at the IRS or something yeah, like that. Right. Um, but I just think that's a remarkable thing for movies to be just to stay in a person's consciousness for that yeah, long yeah. And, and honestly go through all the word circuit bullshit and the politics that go into it and everything it's, like it's that. It's a movie that has stayed with me to this day and the fact that it came out like last year, right? Yeah. 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 yeah it's, I still think about it to this day and I still watch yeah. behind the scenes videos of it, you know? I so, should probably talk to you guys about the films that, that you're, you know... <laughs> sure. <laughs> that we you're make, making oh, yeah, we now, make right? yeah, we make films. Yeah, we make films. Yeah, we make films. We love films. But I like the, it's fun just talking with you guys about just other movies too. Like, yeah, we're down to nerd out about movies. Oh, that's what our group is, dude. When we go to the theater, we talk about it, and like we have a whole discussion. And do you guys like when you go see a movie together? Because you said that you saw this one, the one yeah. we just talked about. Do you have like I don't want to say like a ritual. That sounds culty and strange, but <laughs> do you like know that afterwards is like yeah, like, like let's sit and talk about this. Yeah, like, we try yeah. to. Uh, there's a spot in Cedar Rapids that we love going to called Midtown, okay. and um, that's sort of like our hangout spot after the film. And we'll just go there and sort of dissect when we can. But yeah, it's really like whatever we're interested. I'll message Jake or our film group and be like, "Hey, is anyone interested?" Most of the time, it's Jake who wants to go see a movie. I love seeing movies. He loves seeing movies, and yeah, um, yeah there's there's no big ritual in it, but like. Yeah, we always talk about it as soon as we get out of the theater. It's like, what do we like? What we didn't like? We went to go yeah. see Cocaine Bear. Uh, what do you, uh, you guys think about uh, that, dude? It's technically it's, it's a fun film. Um, it can be cut by like forty-five minutes. Um, there's not a lot of cool things in it, but it was entertaining. I would guess. It's about as entertaining as you can imagine a movie called Cocaine, Cocaine Bear. Yeah, yeah. I I felt the movie was a letdown to be yeah. perfectly, sure. perfectly honest. I don't, I don't think you could ever go in there with too high of hopes. Yeah. Actually, no, it's not really in cinema. By I, didn't have, I didn't have high hopes, but I can tell you for that one, not that this is a conducive review of this film. Sure. Um, but I can tell you with that one, yeah, I don't go into that thinking it's going to win an award and right. stuff like that. Right. I just expect 
a ridiculous premise with a bear high off his ass on cocaine, shredding people up, and you know, gore and just kind of nonsensical stuff, and yeah. you know, over the top characters. I yes. think that's what I'm like. Just, just give me that, and we'll be okay. Right. But then the problem I have with the movie is that you only have really selective moments where you kind of get what you paid for, yeah. which is like, you know, the, the, the bear chase. chase and the ambulance yep. chase. Like, that like, was great. Have far. stuff like that be the movie instead of giving me basically just shitty characters that I don't care about. Yeah. Well, You're dude, beating me over the head with the, it's the 80s. Did you remember that it's the 80s? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they did that a little too much for yeah. me. Well, then there's just like, there's I think there's a bunch of pacing issues, especially, yeah. spoiler alert, there's the moment where it's like the sheriff is on top of the roof yeah. and like those and I feel like that scene lasted like 30 minutes it was minutes, way too long it was and so poor, long and poor Ray Liotta yeah like god damn it yeah. like, I, I know he has another movie coming out oh, does he uh, really? after his death uh, oh. he did it with Charlie Day yeah. uh, he actually wrote oh. Charlie Day wrote and directed it he's oh. got like a bit part in okay. it okay it's I coming out soon Charlie Day, man, so at least so. that's what last last yeah. thank god yeah. yeah cause I was gonna say like please don't not have <laughs> 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 that be your lasting legacy yeah yeah but I don't know I enjoyed it I think a lot of movies are too serious sometimes so it was nice to get to the theater just watch some you know yeah. but like I mean compare that to what, what do we see Violent Night yeah which was similar I seen, that's the David Harbour like yeah. Santa Die Hard movie yes, right dude. okay like similar concept just taking something absolutely ludicrous and making and it was just brilliant it was yeah. brilliant so because it was entertaining throughout the whole thing like Cocaine Bear maybe has about 30 minutes of entertainment yeah. Violent Night whole way through entertaining really so yeah. it's Definitely like I wish one. Cocaine Bear was Violent Night yeah, that's sure. entertaining but yeah no shade to Elizabeth Banks I think she's a great actress oh, I but love Elizabeth Banks yeah, yeah she's great she's yeah. had a couple when she's directing a couple that just were like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know I, I wanted a lot more with uh, with that movie for sure, sure. but sure. Let's talk about this film festival that we're, yeah. that we're sitting at right now. Yeah, we're right here. You hear all the people. Well, what's your what's your guys' experience been with this? It's been really fun, man. I've I've enjoyed yeah. it a ton. Uh, anytime I get to hang out with my fellow filmmakers and talk about films, their films in particular, and um, just dissect them, figure out like why they made it, how they yeah. made it, and um, and then you get to go you know on the screen and see all of their hard work, and I, I love it. I love coming to film festivals, especially local ones, because you really get to see your peers and what they're doing, what they're working on. Yeah. So I came here last year. Yeah. I was just, I didn't have anything like entered. I was just kind of getting started and like being a filmmaker and stuff. Yeah. And I saw, oh, Cedar Rapids, I work here. I'm just going to show up after work and buy a ticket and just check it out. Um, and granted, last year they were basically redoing the 2020 year, I believe, because oh, they okay. shut down the program. So they just yeah. kept the whole lineup <clears throat> and oh, yeah. did it in 2022. That's right. cool. Um, but in just terms of energy, like this year is so much more. Yes. Good, right? That's like it was, good. Like last year it was, it was fine. It definitely was a film festival, but like this year, like just the, the programming, the. Mm. The infrastructure, the marketing, the yeah. energy of it—it's just so much more, and it was—it's been really fun. Like, what just, do you think is different about the energy of it? I'm curious about that. Ooh, I think it's hard hard to define. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. The the lineup, the the scheduling was jam packed. I yeah. think. And they they really utilized both theaters to their max potential, and like I think mm -hmm. they they made it so that you could see just about every movie you wanted to see yeah. and not feel like, oh, I missed out. There's like, oh, okay, tomorrow in the morning I can go see it in this other theater. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, well, that and then I think the amount of filmmakers, because, I mean, the community is just growing so crazy, man, because, yeah. like, we joined it back in, like, maybe 2018, mm -hmm. and it, it felt big then, but, like, now it's cool that you walk through a theater and you're seeing so many people you don't even know, but they have a film there, and yeah. 
like there were so many like I was excited to see these films and I'm always excited to see people's films but like I was waiting for their film to come on screen so I could watch it and like I don't know it's just the quality of work this year has been just yeah. so impressive man that's awesome yeah and you guys it sounds like just between the two of you you're familiar with other festivals in the state yeah, um, yeah. what are some of the other festivals specific to Iowa that you know about maybe you've been to sure there's actually a bunch man yes. and all of them have been a great time like all of the all of the people who produce it and the directors like all you know bust their ass to make this happen and we're so grateful but to shout out a few um there's the snake alley uh film festival in burlington mm -hmm. at the capitol theater so fun to go to um there's uh, another one that sort of goes to different states but impa a lot of people call it the oscars of iowa okay because um it's, it's the it's just, iowa motion picture association yeah. right yep. yeah and um they're purely just an award show they do show films earlier in the day but it's mm -hmm. really to uh, the uh, award the filmmaker. So while Cedar Rapids is more of like you get to watch a bunch of films throughout the the day, and then there's the award show. It's more so award focused at IMPA. So um, it's different than most festivals. There's another one called uh, Julian Dubuque Festival, which is sort of one of the more prestigious ones in Iowa. Mm -hmm. That I actually just recently found out. But we had a film selected in there. Cool. And um, there's that one, and then Cedar Rapids Film Festival, and then. What uh, else do we got? There's Interrobang yeah. in Des Moines. There's and Muscatine Independent Film Festival. And there's a new one this year called Farm to Film Fest. Oh, um, my okay. documentary got into that one. That's in Washington, Iowa. Oh, right on. What else? There's there's a decent amount, man. And you can go to filmfreeway.com. That's what I do. And yeah. I just type in Iowa, and then you'll just find uh, the Iowa Independent Film Festival. Just yeah. shout another one. But you'll just find so many on there, man. I've heard that Film Freeway thing uh, be mentioned a few times uh, just throughout the, the festival itself here. Yeah. I, I think the nice thing about A, like having you list all those off and, you know, B, meeting a lot of the people that are here. I mean, it's great for the filmmakers, for sure, but I, I think just the average audience member even doesn't realize that these things are there. Yeah. Because I, I, I talked with the, the people that are putting on this festival. I had them on my podcast a while back. And, and you know, when I kind of asked them the question of, like, well, how do people find out about this? They were basically saying, well, you know, like, if you're in the movies and making it and stuff, well, you know, you should just already, like, kind of know this stuff. I'm like, yeah, like, that's cool for people that are trying to make a career and a living out of it. But right. why not just audience members like just your average audience member like i feel like there's a lot more education to be had out there for getting them to do it but then i also understand too that audiences members are audience members their time is is limited you know so they're you know if they got kids for the night they you know they, they want to be strategic and take them probably to the mario movie or something so it's right. probably a harder sell to be like i think so come see like 10 films that are eight minutes long and you know right. have all these like abstract themes and whatnot but i don't know do you think that it, do you, does that make any sense yeah yeah well i think i think in general short films are a hard thing to sell um yeah just because you know uh, I think you get more of a story, obviously, when it's a feature film. Mm -hmm. So I think people don't necessarily understand short films fully. Um, so I think it's hard for people to be like, oh, I'm going to go watch a bunch of short films. Like, I yeah. feel like that can maybe be a bit confusing to the normal, everyday audience goer. But yeah. uh, at least with this year, we've had several you know, feature films that pack mm -hmm. the entirety of the yeah. the, uh, the theater. And, uh, you know, I talked to a lot of the people that were just there to watch films and like I was seeing them coming out so mm -hmm. I mean I don't know the statistics this year but I do feel like there was a lot of 
just people who were interested and uh, and you know shout out to um, Colin Rhodes Theater man they did a great job at like yeah. promoting all of this and I think yeah. it was well in advance so people knew it was coming mm-hmm. so I think they did have a, a good amount of like <clears throat> just you know your average uh, movie theater goer I can tell you my you know my podcast uh you know, so I originally kind of got connected with the festival through doing a, an interview with Bruce Taylor, the owner of, of Collins Road Theaters. Right on. And, you know, he mentioned, he's like, yeah, we host Criff. I'm like, well, what the hell's Criff? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I have a stickler thing for acronyms. Like, sure. when people just say it and sure. assume that I know it, yeah. I'm like, can you, can you please spell it out a couple times <laughs> and then you can do the abbreviation? Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, but I got connected through, uh, through him. And kind of a neat part about leading up to this was I got to attend a few of the board meetings actually for the oh, festival wow. um, because Eric and Scott uh, you know Scott's the founder of the festival and Eric he's the festival director um, they're very generous in giving with their time and, and very open to collaboration and people helping them put this on and so they basically allowed me to be a fly on the wall in these couple meetings and just be like just kind of see what you think yeah. and you know I told them I had some ideas about having my stuff on site here and trying to you know help you know, talk with filmmakers and, you know, do everything there. But I can tell the both of you, I have such a, a deeper appreciation uh, for all the hard work that goes into just simply the logistics of a festival. Right. Not just like the marketing of it, but just, you know, operating the theater, make sure there's no one lost in the lobby, like mm-hmm. just making yeah. sure that the, all the tech gear and everything is working efficiently. It's yeah. It's a... I mean, hell, practically, there's a whole industry within entertainment that is film festivals, mm-hmm. and, I, and I had no idea. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, man, that's why you do have to, you know, appreciate the people that, especially the volunteers here, man, they've all been so great. And the staff has been so great here. Yeah, yeah. man, it's been, it's been so... It's, it's, it's just cool to see um, these people work so hard to put together this thing. And, like, whether you get your film in or not, or you get an award or not, it's yeah. like the people are really busting their ass to make this happen. And it's no easy feat, man. Like, this is this is hard. And um, for them to even do this, it's it's so cool. And, uh, yeah, as a filmmaker, we appreciate it so much. Yeah. So. The one thing that I, I really appreciate that's unique about this film festival so far mm-hmm. was they gave you the opportunity if you submitted a film and not even if you got selected my documentary didn't get selected but I submitted mm-hmm. they gave you the opportunity to talk it over with the judges they give you some yeah. feedback you know uh, so I was just on a Zoom call with the judges mm-hmm. just getting feedback on my film you know and it was it was 20 minutes of just solid wonderful uh, conversation with them just discussing how can we be better you know what what are you looking for for a festival what are you looking for yeah. as filmmakers you know what are we so they're kind of getting your feedback as well, you know, apart from just critiques, like they're kind of asking you, mm-hmm. like, what you're looking for in a, an experience yeah. like this. Yeah, they told me, like, you direct the conversation, you know, oh, cool. what do you want to know? What do you want to know about us? What do you want to know about your film, you know? Um, do you take s- notes during that? Or do you, like, I mean, like, I, I don't know how much, like, you want to really, like, take away from it as opposed to just, I'm going to take this in right now. Right, so I probably should have had a notebook there, <laughs> honestly, because it was a lot of really good advice. Yeah. Um, like, what do you mind me asking specifically? Like, what kinds of pointers they they were throwing out at you? Uh, they were discussing a lot of the like the through line of my documentary. Here's how you know things mm-hmm. you can take away to help improve your story. Um, here's something that one of the judges thought. You know, okay, I kind of got lost in this spot. You can maybe restructure it this way as mm. a role here. Technically, you know, here's a way you can edit it that is going to make the story flow a little bit better. It could have okay. been you could have cut this part out. You could have you should have added some more here. Mm-hmm. So it's just like 
and they got granular with it. Like you got a lot of nice detail from them. Yeah, it wasn't just specific. like oh, I liked it. It looked good. Well, mm-hmm. that, and then like I don't know if you ever feel the same way, but I think we always wonder. Like why we didn't get our film selected, or what what these people thought of our film, and you know you don't know if they're actually. I, I mean, as a filmmaker, you wonder like, did they watch it all? Did they get it? Like yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. they they're not seeing what we're seeing. Like for the fact that like these people sat down and they really watch your whole because your documentary is what forty eight minutes, like something 50, like fifty two minutes. Or so. Yeah, and they, and if the fact that they could give you notes, you can you just know that they they paid attention to everything that was happening in the film, yeah. and like that you know that's so cool because. I don't think, at least to my all, I don't think anyone has the um, the the perk of talking to the judges in the Iowa. In the, I've never seen like that. Yeah, I've never, never seen that. There were 99 films submitted to this festival, yeah. so, so those judges watched and took notes on every single one of them. Yeah, like that was amazing. And you said that it's not traditional to no. kind of put that barrier down and be like, not like all. we're going to give you access to our panel that is judging it's, sometimes there, there's not even info on who the judges were so you don't even know like what they've done necessarily either you know yeah, so, like that makes them qualified to be in a position exactly. of right. yeah. yeah you know you don't you don't know but the fact that you were able to talk to them in like like even uh, we, our film did get selected, and we were able to still have the the critique with them, and um, mm-hmm. we just wanted general feedback, like what what made you guys like our film, and you yeah. could tell from the way that they were um, talking about everything in the film that they watched it, they dissected it, they they, they scored yeah. it properly, and uh, it's cool because that doesn't happen a lot, you know. Well, I think it's nice that you guys can still take away the the feeling of respect from the judges, you know, mm-hmm. like knowing that you know they know damn well the work that got put into doing this and they want to not have people be discouraged by their feedback I'm sure and I'm sure that's not easy as well there's some film festivals that you you know you'll submit to and you kind of get the sense that maybe it's just a cash grab you know, maybe they're just trying to collect submission fees and give away, you know, some cheap trophy and be like, here, right. what a festival. This one, it really seems like they want to promote the creators. Yeah, because you, you give it, you submit to the film, and your submission fee is like, what, 25 bucks? Yeah. And that's your all-access pass to the entire festival. Yeah. You also get judging criteria, judging critiques. And, it's, and so it's not like, they're not making a whole lot of money for the value you get. You know? Yeah, and then you can also just tell like all everyone here respects you as who you are. I think a lot of times yeah. you show up to film festivals, and you don't really talk to much, to talk to many people. And it, I don't know, it, like this fest, festival has felt so different because, and maybe it's a me thing. I, I just like I talked to so many filmmakers this weekend, and um, yeah. I don't know, I was just able to bond with people that I haven't in the yeah. past. Maybe that was because. Like they were showing films on a you know a Saturday and a Sunday, and there was like a whole weekend event, um, and not a lot of festivals do that. So, yeah, I, I can I can definitely say for myself uh, again, this first time I've attended the festival, first time I've well directly had a participative role in the right. festival, which is in its in and of itself is is different because I think as much as I want to continue to take my podcast to other festivals. It would be nice to just actually go to one and not have like a project that I have to kind of monitor the whole time. Like just purely be an audience member and just be like, yeah, I'm just kind of checking out, seeing what this is. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be really rewarding. But the thing I was going to say about events like this and frankly, any like kind of conference style settings and whatnot, I am a you know, pretty good conversationalist and I, and I like meeting people, especially that's one of the reasons I gravitate to movies is because there's so many different perspectives and ideas and things you can connect with that outside of the film world. It's like, how am I going to meet somebody that has this unique life story and stuff like that? But that said, it takes me a while to kind of, as they say, get the, 
the social workings going where it's like okay kind of get into network mode where mm-hmm. you know you're like hi like you got to go up to people and do that whole song and dance and whatnot yep um, do you guys find that easy? Like, just kind of no. going up to people and stuff like no, this? No, or is that intimidating? No. I'll tell you, after this weekend, I'm kind of socially exhausted. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. just yeah. Com- And it's great conversation. There's after parties. You can go and network. Sure. Uh, in well, between screenings and stuff. It's you a lot. You can talk to people man. and make new friends. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I-, I agree. Like, especially after this weekend. Because we've been here from, like, 11 to 9. And we yeah. go to the after party. So yeah. maybe 11 to 2. And, uh, you know, uh, networking is a huge part to making any connections in the industry. Yeah. Uh, but it's also, it's tough, man, because it's, it's just hard to talk to people, especially so many people. I mean, you know this, especially being here, you've probably talked to so many people. people. Yeah. And it's just like, you, you, it's almost like a workout, man, uh, yeah. but vocally. <laughs> so you just get, you get a little bit exhausted. Well, I can, I can tell you guys, so I, I won't, I won't say where I work for my day job just cause I, sure. I tend to keep the, keep those yeah, yeah, yeah. separate, Same. you know? Um, but I can say I, I'm in a role where I actually do a lot of public speaking. So I, sure. I do training. Sure. Um, gotcha. And so, in a weird way, some of that skill sets actually do extend over to a place like this because mm-hmm. you have to get used to talking at great lengths and still keeping your audience interested and not, you know, talking down at someone. You're trying to keep it accessible and, you know, be fun and, you know, things like that. Yeah. So, but it, it gets tiring. You know, if I ever have like a week where I'm just like training like nonstop and it's like that's the week where I'm, that's all I'm doing right. basically. You, you know, by the time the weekend rolls around, like your brain is just like, it's not that you're like anti people, you're mm-hmm. not, right? But you need the reset, yeah. It's the same way on a film set, though. Like, we'll go through mm-hmm. a you know, a weekend of like 12, 14 hour days, mm-hmm. and it's all I can do to just just crash in bed. Yeah. But then I'm so thrilled to just sit in my cave and edit, yes. you know, alone for a week. That's <laughs> do you, what you, do you get a lot time, of satisfaction right? out of editing? What's that? Do you get a lot of satisfaction out of the editing process? Cause, I do, because that's where the story gets made, right? Because yeah, cause some, cause some people are like, oh, God, now i got to edit, you know? and Because it, it can take a long time and be tedious, but I agree with you. I mean, that's when that's when you shape it. You know, you're, like, you're taking the clay quite literally and you're just like, shape it. Like, this is a stupid-ass hand gesture. <laughs> He's, he can't. You yeah, you can't, you can't see it. Just throwing him in the wind. He's like, like a maestro with his clay, fake clay. Yeah, I'm just yeah, doing this. <laughs> Michael and I are both editors, and we feud over editing platforms. But uh, do you guys have any go-to's for that <laughs> specifically? <laughs> that's that's the constant debate in our relationship: is which editing platform is better. Throw hands he here. uses DaVinci. <laughs> I use Adobe Premiere. Um, which mm-hmm. it, it's interesting because they don't; those programs don't love each other, so it's hard to like. Sort What's of the work. one you use? It's called DaVinci Resolve. It's okay. um, put up by Blackmagic Designs, um, who also makes cameras that have a codec that works beautifully with DaVinci Resolve that I happen to shoot. Hmm. And it's also just a superior platform. It's a prettier looking platform. That's about it. <laughs> Look, because here's the thing, man. You talk to anyone who's an editor, ninety percent of them are Adobe Premiere users. Right. Um, sort of the industry standard. Since they were there first, <laughs> but that doesn't mean they're best. Anyway, uh, Adobe Premiere is like the old dude that's been around for a long time. He's probably barely alive. I will inevitably switch at some point, but it's all—it's just hard, man. Because it's no. like all of my shortcuts are associated yeah. to Adobe Premiere. Every, I know no. where to click. I am a fast editor. 
And like yeah. that is because I've been in Adobe for like 10, 12 years. I don't know. I've been doing it forever. So DaVinci Resolve, it's it's uh, daunting to look at when you first open it yeah. up. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> once you get working on it, the workflow is so smooth. You have your editing, you have your color, you have your uh, fusion, which you would call After Effects, mm -hmm. uh, and then you have your rendering or like sound mixing. It's all right there. Yeah. There's no separate programs. It's nice. And with it's Adobe, just, there's everything. I mean, they don't have Photoshop though. So what about that? What are you going to do with Photoshop? Photoshop? When are you going to edit a photo? How are you going to do it? <laughs> I'm not a photography guy. <laughs> and that's why it's like it's a niche program, right? It's not mm -hmm. for photographers. Yeah, it's not true. for graphic designers. It's true. for filmmakers. Yeah, you know? no. I know, uh, you know, for myself, we're talking programs. Uh, not, I have no idea where this ranks as far as superiority level. I use Pinnacle Studio uh, to do my... I haven't heard of it. It's, I think it's primarily a video editor, oh, okay. um, but I, I oh. use it for audio editing as well. They okay. make it really easy to specifically, like if I put in like references to other films i sometimes like to put in sound bites when i'm not going to get them taken down for copyright reasons sure. and shit like that but sure. it makes it really easy uh because i admit the one you mentioned adobe premiere uh as a graphic design major when i was in school i certainly had familiarity with it i used a lot of the adobe creative cloud but yeah. that one became a, a bit of a daunting one for me because there are so many different ways to kind of intercut and work it and yeah. you can do a lot of really professional stuff with it but I'd have to watch like hours upon hours of tutorial videos to kind of give myself comfortability with it and I just feel like I never gave myself that that time yeah. well if there, um, there's any perk everything <coughs> everywhere was actually cut in Adobe Premiere so. I mean that's cool <laughs> but like, from an indie filmmaker perspective I have no respect for any yeah. company that charges a subscription model well, especially that much right. dude especially that much well because like, DaVinci is free DaVinci is either free or free version and then the studio version which is like mm -hmm. full access to all the tools for like but you pay it, bucks. Like you pay it once and then like you're done right. yeah. well even if you buy a black magic camera or any like black magic um, Product. products right. you get a license to dimension resolve for yeah. the studio version oh okay. so, like, that, that is that is nice yeah. actually i know um weirdly enough because before we were recording this i was telling you guys about these mics uh these mics actually came with a free uh software licensing thing i yeah. got a after I ever, uh, after we like wrap up on this, uh, I might actually have it around somewhere. Just if you guys are curious about, it. I might try yeah. to find that because I completely forgot I had it with this, and I have it on my computer. I just have not, haven't dived into it. So, yeah. um, what are you, like, I guess I, I could keep talking to you guys for a while, <laughs> but I don't want to take you completely sure. away from the festival. But uh, I guess what's coming next for you both? So, um, we have two big things for us. I have a production company called Century Films. Um, it's a company that me and my girlfriend started. Um, we're filmmaking duo together. And apparently business partners. And business partners and every oh, other sure, thing. They are powerhouse, dude. <laughs> yeah. like, so, Michael uh, Brandy, man. Century, it stands, for, so the send part in it is for cinema, and the tree part in it is for Dollar Tree. That's where we met. We worked together. And so we created Century Films, which is where we host all of our uh, productions, and that's our production company. And um, this year, we are um, helping out on a feature film called Until the Music Fades. Uh, the director is Kevin Isaacson, who also has Cinematic Heartland as a podcast. But um, he reached out to us, and um, I'm going to be the DP. Brittany's going to be the assistant director. And then um, later on in the year, we're also doing our Christmas film, which we do every year. Mm -hmm. This is our fifth year, our big year, and we're doing a sort of Viking origin story of how Santa became Santa, told in a very violent way like Game of Thrones. So Jesus. there's no Christmas magical. It's really it's going to be violent. Um, it, it's really cool because the connections we've got to... Uh, producing this film has been unbelievable. Uh, we've yeah. talked to board members for a renaissance fair that has all the period accurate um, 
clothing. Uh, we have someone who has a Viking boat that we're going to write a part of the, the story in. There's actually somewhere in Illinois a complete, like, uh, period accurate, accurate um, Viking uh, lodge. Jesus. So uh, we have a bunch of connections to make this very, very cool. So that's going to be it's our first awesome. feature film as like Century Films in total. We've worked on feature films before, but this is our first. I mean, go big or go home. You yeah. got you got some, some stuff to, yeah. to make yeah. that, that make that pop. Yeah, we are very, very excited for this year. Uh, it's going to be a busy one though because we also yeah. have a wedding company. So it's like we're filming, doing weddings, and then everything in between. So. You mean like having a life and eating food and yeah. sleeping? There's and not much of that. Th- those to be things. Honest. Yeah. <laughs> Where's yeah. That? yeah. Like, what the hell yeah, is that? Yeah, what is that, man? <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that that's us, and uh, we're super excited for this year. Uh, yeah, so for me, um, and Michael's also part of this, and the whole Century crew is part of this, mm-hmm. um, I mentioned down in Ringo, I'm starting a film studio. Yeah. So there is a... It is an old sale barn where they used to like sell livestock and like auction them off and stuff. So there's like livestock pens, and there's an auction ring, and there's some office spaces, and mm-hmm. then my family owns this property. And uh, they renovated it in 2018 and 19 and opened it up as kind of a community marketplace, sort of mm-hmm. like kind of like Nubo in yeah. Cedar Rapids. They kind of wanted that vibe for small town Marengo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went really well, except COVID hit and then kind of shut it down. And then no one really picked Co- up interest yeah. after that. Co- so, COVID has a habit of that. Right. Um, so the property is sitting kind of vacant right now. And so I'm going to be taking possession of it, and we're going to turn it into a full-fledged like film production studio. Wow. And not just film, but like media of any kind, really. So we're going to have... That's quite the uh, undertaking. It yeah. is. It's going to be a lot of work. Um, we're going to have spaces for film sets. We're going to have light green and white sight walls. We're going to have gear rental. We're going to have uh, rec- you know sound recording booths. We're going to have offices and like editing spaces. Yeah, um, and there's also where the auction ring is. Uh, there's gonna we're gonna turn that into like a theater, so you can do film screenings, we can do film festivals, we can uh, just throw our stuff up on a big screen and see how it looks. You know, um, and we can do events, we can do yeah, you know, just a whole lot. And the place, if you ever come see it, it has just endless potential. Endless I, potential. I would, I would love to come see it and, and maybe even find a way to get so, like get involved with it. Not, yeah, not yeah. trying to like play on the spot because we're you know. No, you're good. Yeah, we're recording, so yeah. like, I got you on the hook. But this is, I would love to. I would love to learn more. Yeah, this is going to be a space for all Iowans, all, all Midwest creators to come and just utilize resources. Yeah, right? and that's we're going to build infrastructure for creators to come and do their thing. So if they need a location, if they need a piece of gear, if they need uh, advice or crew or yeah. classes or education of any kind. Um, we're going to be there and we're going to have like this just like branching arms out in Iowa to just pull in resources for everybody. Yeah. And it's like, it's something that I wish that we had when we were started, we're starting, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's it's every, we want to be everything for everyone as best as we can. Um, (laughs) We want, we want people to keep making movies in Iowa, man. It's hard. Mm -hmm. The tax incentives here are not the best for big budgets to come here. So we want to make it easy for independent artists to do anything, man. So they have uh, Renovo Studios up in Clear Lake. Uh, yes. And so they're a very similar concept to what they're doing, but their market is more targeted towards professional, professional super high end. Like they're running Ari Alexas and, yeah. you know, huge budget Digital equipment and, and Right. They have like a, a, one of the volumes there, like an mm-hmm. LED, you know, virtual production walls. We're going to be looking just to help like the indie small people. Yeah, people like have us, like, a, right? like a zero dollar budget, which yeah. we're still on that, man. We've just been blessed. Um, 
that a he has this property and that his parents are cool for letting him you know sort of accomplish his dream but like uh you know we have a bunch of talented people that are just interested in doing this man because mm-hmm. you don't especially in an independent level you don't get into this thinking you're gonna make a lot of money and right. that's not what we're after man we literally just want to help people make films and yeah. um that's that's the big goal of the studio and it's actually the first time we've ever talked about it publicly yeah. oh cool um, the name called- of it is going to be uh mediaverse studios yeah uh, that's kind of the name we all settled on yeah. and and so that's where we're going to go from here. Well, the last question I have on this, and then I'll let you guys go. And again, I can't thank you enough for your time. And yeah, really totally. appreciate it. And this has been a fun conversation. Um, I imagine there's got to be, I mean, you're going to need money to obviously make some of this right. stuff happen, right? I mean, let's, let's just be real. Are you going to be doing fundraising for this? Or like, how yeah. will you go about, I mean, because it'll take growth and it's going right. to take time. Yeah. But I mean, where do you kind of start for that? Because if, if the people that are listening could, you know, find a way to eventually one day help support right. something like this, that would be nice. Yeah. So the money aspect of it is, it is a big challenge. It's going to take a lot of money just to get, yeah. and like the space is, you know, I'll be owning it outright. I'll just be paying like property tax on it and stuff. Sure. But in terms of getting construction done on like all these film sets and getting it up to mm-hmm. code, it's kind of a rundown place right now. Um, I'm going to be going for a lot of grants, a lot of small business Iowa grants, a lot of creative grants. I'm going to talk to Produce Iowa about it. Yeah. Um, so there's those opportunities. And then we're also going to just be looking for investment for people that want to mm-hmm. become part of this thing, you know? And so uh, nothing's open right now, but we're definitely yeah. going to be doing rounds of investment for people that want to become part of this thing. Yeah. No, I I think that's super exciting. And again, I I really hope that, you know, you're able to overcome any obstacles that come with it. And I'm sure they will be a plenty. Right. Like I said, we're all big problem solvers and very mm-hmm. adaptable. You gotta be scrappy. And right? so, well, do, and like the beautiful thing is that, you know, we have a group of about like 10, 15 people sometimes. Yeah. I was gonna, um, that was good. I was gonna ask like how many people you yeah. got on board so about far. 10, 15. And it's, it's like, good. if you look at our group, all of them vary from ages. Like we have like one of our best friends, Pat Gim, he's 70 years old, but, and then we have, you know, people that we work with that are super young. Like the, like, the age varies and also the experience varies. Like That's good. we but have too- professional mechanics, professional construction people, and they all just happen to love movies and love yep. the idea of what this can be. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of volunteering when it comes to sure, building yeah. these things. But these people are literally professional. Like, they do it for their jobs. Right. And they're just willing to help us um, because they want to help people make movies, too. Yep. Yeah. They come to the space. A lot of people come to the space. And they just get so inspired by just the amount of potential it has. It says, anything you need, you know, I'll... I'll come help build stuff. I'll come uh, fix that thing. I will just volunteer, whatever you need, because I want to be part of this. It's very wonderful to have this community behind us, mm-hmm. you know, and make it, it makes this choice easy, right? It's yeah. like, I don't feel like I'm putting myself out there on a, you know, without a net, because I have just this amazing group that That's is supportive. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Ideal scenario, perfect world, when would this be up? Oh my God. Uh, yeah. I mean, the exact day, hour, time. (laughs) (laughs) I think originally we talked about hopefully sometime this year. Now that we've got more projects on the way, yeah, we don't know. We definitely want to start the the process of building this thing this year. Um, But hopefully by next year, you know. I also don't think like just from you describing it, it doesn't sound like it would be like a once we have this complete list of stuff done, it will be ready. It's like it'll be be staged. 
Yeah, it's like you'll 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 build it in stages. Yeah. You'll have a point where it's like in a working mode, but yeah. it's still yeah, yeah, yeah. going yeah. in the and background. And that's what it's gonna have to be, right? Well, we yeah, of course. We can't like invest you don't, in well, you don't have that kind of time. No, too. And from, a, the from a business aspect, it makes sense to just get the ten percent in that we can right now, yeah. right, yeah. and just start building some infrastructure where we can run it as a business and start getting some revenue and then we can take that revenue and invest it back into the property and Smart. get the next stage yeah. you know started yeah. and stuff so it's not it's, it's going to be a while until it's a hundred percent all the way there that could be two three five years yeah, yeah. Uh, but by the end of this year i'm hoping we will have something something established where people can come and use the space makes yeah. sense man well i'm excited I'm, i mean i'm definitely going to come check it out i'm not just Please saying do. that I yeah will. yeah we'd love you um too. it would be really cool to see but again it's been a pleasure talking with the both of you um i don't i got i got nothing else this is well, a good conversation if i can just end it on here i just oh, yeah. say thank you for doing this man um independent filmmakers need a voice and if anyone can uh help uh, be an outlet for that. Um, we appreciate it, man. And the the more people, and I'm sure it's been cool to see all the community here. You it know? has been. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you doing this, and I hope you continue to uh, keep making podcasts, man, because we'll be here to listen to them. Going through an experience like this gives you fuel. Uh, gives you fuel. Mm. I mean, quite literally. Yeah. So it does. And yeah, I ain't stopping. I'm crazy. So well, right on. Man. Well, <laughs> thank you again for uh, having us on. We appreciate you. And uh, absolutely. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll keep listening to your podcast. I'm excited to tune in and listen to the other stuff that you've done. Appreciate it, man. I yeah, got I got some fun ones in there too. I'm, you know, I got some silly silly ones in there. So. Right on. Well, <laughs> Can't wait to see you.